All right, everyone. So uh, Sam here, and uh, I have Dylan here with me today. Um, Dylan's one of my clients who uh, just graduated from the program recently. Um, actually, I guess it's been maybe a month or so now, right? I don't remember. I think it was back in October. Um, and uh, yeah, he was absolutely uh, an absolute rock star in terms of just being the type of client that I love to work with. Um, I mean, for starters, Dylan was extremely committed to his goal of getting into investment banking and that definitely showed throughout the process as he was uh, kind of going through um, all the different things that he had to overcome to, to get his job. And so um, just wanted to um, invite him on this call today to kind of talk about his experiences in the program, uh, the outcome he's been able to achieve, and uh, see if he has any advice for the rest of you who are still recruiting. So um, Dylan, it's good to have you here today. Um, nice to be here. Yeah, no, thanks for taking the time. So um, can you maybe just give a quick introduction on yourself? Like, you know, where do you go to school? What year you are? Um, where are you going to be working this summer? Uh, things like that. Yeah, sure. So I'm a third year at University of Chicago. Um, I'm studying economics right now. And so I was lucky enough to get an offer and I'm going to go work at, uh, at UBS in the global industrial as a as an investment banking analyst this summer so awesome. i'm pretty excited about that awesome yeah no congratulations on that for sure um so just to give people like a just so people have like a rough sense of your profile like going into recruiting uh, so obviously you're an econ major you're at chicago like um ballpark like what was your gpa and like how much like did you have a ton of relevant experience going in like kind of what did you have on your resume yeah so um, like going into recruiting, uh, my GPA took a little bit of a dip my second year. Um, it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. I had like about a 3.4. Um, so like, obviously like coming from like new Chicago is like more of a, like a liberal arts school. We don't have like a truly undergrad business school. Um, uh, I didn't have a ton of like super relevant finance experience going into banking. Um, I joined, um, several clubs that we have, um, relating to finance, um, and really the only like actual finance related work experience that I had came during um, the summer that I was recruiting. So the summer after my second year um, where I was like, a, I was basically like a financial analyst at this like middle market, like private company. And it wound up actually being like a really fun experience because um, I got to, I, I got to interact with like some investment bankers and private equity associates because they were basically selling the company. But um, like overall, like, you know, going into recruiting, I like bottom line is like my GPA was, like okay but not great um you know like i had some finance experience i tried to join a few clubs um but i wasn't i wasn't that kid that had like a private wealth management internship or like a bulge bracket or a boutique internship in his first and second year so um i, I would say like i was probably solid solidly middle of the pack but you know not not exactly at the top got it okay great um thanks for that introduction so that's good context um for everyone else just a kind of level set and so um, but that's awesome, right? Like, so you were still obviously able to get a really good outcome. Um, I know it's been a few weeks since you've gotten your offer or yeah, it's been a few weeks. Um, so we know that, you know, statistically, obviously only around 1% or less of the applicants actually get jobs from a bulge bracket bank like UBS, right? So um, you're now part of that 1%. Like, how are you feeling now that you've had some time for that to sink in? Yeah, it was um, it was really exciting the the day that I got my offer. Um, I, I had a I had a feeling that the interview went really well, but um, 
no, I'd, I'd been in probably 20 or 30 interviews at that point. Um, and not, not all of them turned into super days. And so and it, it just felt, it felt amazing. Like, honestly, like I was, it felt like it validated like all the work that I've been putting in for the last like two or three months, like prior to that. And just like the fact that also I could just relax um, for the school year and not have to worry about recruiting so much. Um, maybe like, you know, like prepare a little bit for my internship this summer, but overall it was just, it was just really, um, it was, it was just awesome. And it was, it was I, I don't really know any other word to describe other than that. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you celebrate it anyway? Or what'd you do after you found out? Um, yeah, I, I took, a, I took myself to a nice dinner downtown with my girlfriend. Um, I was pretty pumped. So I called most of my friends, and my family, and I was like, I was pretty, I was pretty happy about that. Um, so but yeah, yeah. yeah so that was awesome. nice. I, I got to celebrate a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. I, mean, I definitely still remember when I got my offer, um, uh, when I got my first offer in banking, like it was yesterday, but I mean, it's been over a decade since it happened, but it's one of those things that you just kind of never forget for the rest of your life, you know? So, um, that's cool. Um, so I want to kind of like go back to that very first conversation that we had, um, you know, when we were deciding if it would be a good idea for us to work together. And I think it was like early August of this year and you were still on your summer break. And I think you were kind of stressed out because you had completely missed the accelerated recruiting deadline because you didn't, I think if I remember correctly, you hadn't submitted any applications at the end of the sophomore year. Was that right? Uh, I, yeah, so I actually, I hadn't done any networking. Um, I hadn't submitted any applications yet. Yeah. Um, because I just, I wasn't, I just generally wasn't aware of accelerated recruiting and I, I actually, I had um I had one interview um before we worked together um due to like like sort of family connections which mm -hmm. I mean it went okay but I mean eventually like I didn't get the call back um mm -hmm. so like yeah I was basically like almost starting from ground zero um right. when we had that first call right so like with how much I mean that's a good point it's just like with how much earlier the recruiting timeline is happening every year nowadays um it, it seems like you know you pretty much have to be ready ideally you'd be ready to go uh by the time you're a second semester sophomore right at least as of last year i mean this year sounds like some some target schools are starting even earlier than that but um if you could go back and and redo your freshman and sophomore year uh is there anything you would have done differently now in hindsight knowing what you know like what what advice do you have for people who are you know maybe still underclassmen right now and, and they want to go into banking yeah um i think the number one thing that, um, I mean, I knew the importance of, but I just didn't know how to do, or I didn't take the steps to do it myself was just networking. Um, I think as like, even starting as early as maybe like halfway through like your first year or towards the end of your first year, um, like just, just start blasting out emails, um, to people, talk to people that are working in banking. Um, and that way you, you not only get like a sense of like, okay, like, do I actually want to do this? But you get a sense of how the different banks are different from each other. And hopefully you get that contact that might be able to push your resume down the line because a decent amount of the interviews that I actually wound up having were because of the fact that I had networked with people previously. Um, right. Like, and going along with like the networking sort of thing is like, it allows you to, I mean, potentially like get some sort of like finance related internship, whether it's like a small like PE firm or like a private wealth management kind of thing um, your first or second year. And, and like landing like an incoming like blah 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 like incoming private equity associate for the summer on your on your resume while you're applying to third year baking internships, I think that's huge too. Right. 
Right. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, okay. So then going back to um, what we were saying earlier, uh, so you missed, uh, you missed the accelerated recruiting sophomore year, and then you hadn't done any networking. Then you talked to me at the end of the summer, and at that point, um, you had heard that a lot of banks had already filled the majority of their spots, but you weren't sure which banks, right? And you also hadn't had that many interviews. I think, like you mentioned earlier, you had um, maybe one super day up to that point, which you got through. It was a family connection. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, and then so I remember asking you back then, like, how you thought that interview went. And I think um, you, you responded that you thought it went really well. And I think on, like, a scale of 1 to 10, you graded yourself, like, a 7 or 8 or something. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you said that even though it was really technical and you weren't able to get every answer right away, you worked your way through it. Um, do you remember that? Like, that was like – I do, I do. Yeah. Um, so then, like, for that interview um, – obviously that interview happened before you met me. Right. So like, can you kind of walk through like how you went about prepping for your interview back then? Like what were some of the um, resources you used to, to do it? Yeah. So I guess like the, the two largest resources I used were um, the wall street Oasis uh, behavioral and technical guide, as well as like the breaking the wall street guide. Mm. Um, so those were, I would say, they were, like, moderately helpful helpful with the technicals, not, like, particularly helpful just because, like, a lot of the technicals that I actually wound up being asked were, like, variations of questions because, they're you know, obviously they're not going to be able to think of every single question that you could possibly be asked. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, like, for the behaviorals, like, I had basically, I, I understood the idea that you needed to have, like, a story. And so I, I kind of tried to, to come up with, like, a story that was, like, like had, like, a logical progression, but... Um, and memorize it basically, but it wasn't, and it wasn't as good as the one that um, we're able to come up with later, just because it 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 didn't feel quite as genuine. It felt more like um, it felt more like I was elaborating on my resume rather than like, giving the interview or something more something like personal about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like I wasn't as comfortable speaking with people, so like I guess the way I went about prepping like is I would just. Uh, write up this this story question. I think I did some strengths and weaknesses too, and then just practice over and over again with my friends who are also going into banking. Um, and so, like, it it was it was helpful in that sense, and like I wasn't completely un like completely unprepared, but um, it it definitely um, it was nowhere near like what my behavioral and technical interview skills like would be like towards the end of the program in Wall Street Mastermind. Yep, yep, got it. And I think you had, uh, I think back when I first talked to you, you mentioned you also did some mock interviews with, uh, with Wall Street Oasis as well, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember. I did some mock interviews with Wall Street Oasis. Um, so I, I think th- those ones were um, more focused on technicals specifically, um, just because um, the, the, my interview, the super day that I had was with Hulahan Loki, which, was, um, which is notoriously technical, has been for me, has been for all of my friends as well that have had super days there. Um, yeah. And so I was, I was a lot more concerned about the getting the technicals right. Um, and I learned a lot about like, like restructuring stuff just because they have a big restructuring practice about like different types of debt, um, about like, like every single technical that they could have possibly asked me. And, um, well, I mean, while I was asked some technicals, like, I think, I think what I, what I sort of learned, like going through this is that I I pretty much realized that they're going to decide whether or not to hire you, they're going to make 80% of that decision in like the first five minutes after you tell them your story. 
And right. I think if you don't if you don't hook them right there, I I, I think is you're fighting an uphill battle at that point. And right. so I just I I worked on perfecting my story, like not just like the chronological, not just the order of it, but also the way that I tell it. Um, like just like I, the way that you tell it and what you say, I think make make such a big difference in the first five minutes. And I think that's probably where um, the bulk of my improvement definitely came from. Right. I could tell the interviewers were more and more engaged when I was telling my story after I'd gotten it down. Right. Right. Yeah. We definitely spent a lot of time uh, tweaking and refining your story. I mean, like, obviously you had all the pieces already and just like your story, like your experiences are what they are. Right. And like you are who you are. It's more just about um, kind of extracting, not just like extracting and highlighting the right parts, but then also like how you order it and uh, kind of tie it all together so that it's, um, it's a uh, logical and, and, and has like smooth transitions from one thing to the next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just remember like, um, like some little things like, um, like downplaying certain other things that weren't quite as relevant to finance, like expanding on like this one experience that I had that was like really unique and relevant, like not going into so much detail on like some things. It's just like, you know, it's just like, it's like rearranging like, like where you, where it is and, and how you say it. And then like also like expanding some things that might be more relevant to um, interviewers and like taking, like minimizing some things that are not quite as relevant for them. Yep. Yep. No, that makes sense. Didn't you, uh, t- didn't you say that uh, so- someone that interviewed you gave you really good feedback in your story or they <laughs> really awesome or something? Yeah. Like um, I was, I was, uh, I had this interview with a, a super day with a private equity firm who um, I was actually really, I mean, it wasn't investment banking, it was private equity, but it was, it was really interesting because I was interviewing for a part-time position during the school year. Um, and be- because I had missed out on like, you know, like getting like a truly quote unquote relevant finance experience, I wanted to have like incoming like part-time private equity associate for the school year. So that by the time I submitted my applications, like, I think I would have a better experience. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was going through the super day for the PE firm and like the higher, they hired undergrads and there, there was like a really pretty, pretty brutal interview. I would say all in all, it was, it was really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember I was, I had my last interview. Um, I was interviewing with like the founding partner, like the guy that started the firm. And like, he, he said something like, Oh, like I like that, that you, that story is like really, really polished or whatever. Like, like then you practice that a lot. I'm like, I'm like, oh, like, so I, um, like I, I just, I was, I felt, I, I felt good, um, just because, um, it, it's difficult to tell when you yourself are improving, but like when you notice like interviewers like giving you good, um, feedback, right. um, I, I think it, um, it, it helps validate that a lot. Right. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So yeah, um, your story obviously, I think, yeah, ended up being really good. So that definitely goes a long ways. Cause like you said, um, a lot of it is based on first impressions, right? Like those first five minutes are absolutely critical. Um, l- let's talk about, um, some of the other stuff that we worked on together. So like, um, I think the first thing that we did was, uh, we redid your resume, right? So like, can yeah. you kind of talk about like the before and after of like your resume coming in and then what you ultimately, Oh yeah. It's, um, it wasn't even close. Like I had, I had taken my resume to my career services a couple times during my second year. Um, I mean, they they took it from uh, about horrible to uh, passable, um, and it, like so, you know, all the it's like we we didn't we didn't really change any of the experiences because you know they are what they are. But 
like just changing the layout like makes it look a lot more professional and just like like the, the little tips that you do give to like um to to give like like it, it makes it seem more accomplished while basically saying the same thing right um which i think was like really impressive so i, right. I think that, that the resume like it was it was a night and day difference like it wasn't it wasn't even close um and now like i like when i look at other people's resumes i'm like oh god like I'm just like, I just want to refer him to you. I'm like, just to fix the resume. Just like, <laughs> oh God. I'm like, <laughs> so I, I think that was, um, that was definitely extraordinarily helpful. No question about it. Yeah. And I think the resume too, just because, you know, it's the document that you're going to be using all the time, right? Applying for every, like every single application, obviously you include a resume, but also like if you actually get the interview, that's the piece of paper that they have sitting in front of them as they're talking to you. So it's just, having a polished resume gives you more confidence too in yourself, right? Which like you, you're more presentable, you're more marketable. And then that confidence obviously carries over um, into the interview, or at least I know it did for me back when I was interviewing myself. So um, yeah. And, and like, not only that, but I, I don't, I don't know what like the, the normal rate is. Um, like, I, I don't know if you can like, like, say like okay given a person with these experiences like they're gonna get this many percentage of first round interviews but i feel like like 50 or 60 percent of the applications that i submitted um i wound up getting like a first round interview or like something like that something of that nature so and i, I felt like that was extraordinarily high um, yeah no absolutely normal um, absolutely so yeah. I, I like I, I think like the the resume just made a huge 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 difference um right like right. I, I think I think that was like absolutely critical and something like the the offer that I wound up getting. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Earlier when you mentioned, you know, you probably did twenty to thirty interviews before you got your UBS offer. I mean, that's an amazing number, right? I, I obviously, like in a way, it sucks because it's such a grind to go through so many interviews. But at the same time, it's also like, hey, when only one percent of the people actually get these jobs. Um, it's a numbers game, right? And the more interviews you can get, like all you need is that one offer, right? And so being able to get more interviews is absolutely critical, right? And so the resume definitely yeah. obviously plays a big part in that. And then, but I know, I know for a fact that the other reason why you got so many interviews is because um, you became really good at networking, right? Like, I mean, I could tell from uh, when I was working with you just um, how much work you put into that aspect. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um like I had like I have um my dad had introduced and like I had family friends that were like tangentially related to finance. Um mm -hmm. like one of my one of my family friends is like a venture capitalist and so they had introduced me to some people that were in finance and you know, I had like conversations with these guys, like yada yada, like whatever. But I didn't I didn't know how to really network in like a professional sense. Like you're you're talking to someone who you don't know you might have some small connection with or maybe not even a single connection with at all and just getting them to warm up to you have a conversation you know getting them to like you maybe getting some mutual information out of that and then possibly getting them to push your resume out at the end yeah. um i think one of the more underutilized things that i didn't realize is um people that i knew from school like my first or second year that had gone into work in banking um i like a lot of them like it was not, it was not difficult at all for them to push my resume. Like, for example, like I had 
uh, this guy who was the president of one of the finance clubs that I was in my first year. I, I just shot him an email when I was doing my networking, and you know, he, he offered. He's in, he was working at Lazard in San Francisco at that point, so he offered to push my resume there. Um, and he didn't even want to hop on the phone with me. And I'm like, geez, why didn't I start doing this easier earlier? Like, like, is this is easy? Um, like yeah. all in all, like I, I probably sent out like, I'm guessing like 250 to 300 emails. Um, of that, maybe, maybe 40, 40 to 50 turned into phone calls probably. Um, right. Right. and like definitely, um, it was, it was a little bit like, it was both an art and a science because, um, you know, you, you can be sort of scientific in the way that, like you change your your email subject headers, your body, and I definitely had a lot of success with that. I remember I was playing around with some of the some of the different um, email templates that you had, and like I, I changed to one, and all of a sudden my response rate jumped from like twenty five percent to like sixty percent. I'm like, okay, like this is this, this is good. Right. Um, right. And then once I started getting on the phone, um, I think this is one of the most critical aspects that a lot of people don't understand is that. Practicing networking on the phone is almost like practicing interviewing, like for free, and like you don't have to fly in anywhere, and like you don't have like an actual interview. It's like <laughs> it's like interview prep before the interview because you're still talking to someone that's in investment banking. It's not as high pressure of a situation, but the ability to try and build like rapport with someone um, who you don't know and like who may not like have an interest in like helping you originally, like and just being able to get them excited and like ask them about their life and. That sort of thing is the same skills that you need to take into an interview and probably like a decent portion of them. They're going to ask you for your story, uh, why you want to do banking. Like, um, and that gives you another opportunity to practice those answers as well. Um, I think, I think um, these networking phone calls and like the, like you mentioned, like the 20 to 30 interviews that I had were absolutely instrumental in me eventually being polished for my, for my UBS super day. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I have to give you props, right? Because, um, you know, like like we said earlier, when when we first started working together, I think up to that point, I think you told me you had networked with like maybe five people or something like that. Which, five people. That was that was that was the number five. Right, and I was I remember thinking like, geez, that's um like very very little, right? Like that's not gonna cut it. Um, but then in like just a span of like what two months, right? That you you got that number up to like you said you reached out to like. 250 to 300 people and so you definitely you definitely worked extremely hard to to get the results but and and you were extremely coachable and so um that's uh i have to i have to commend you on that for sure um so okay so you, we fixed your resume you got a lot better at networking obviously um and a lot of that is obviously you know strategy but a lot of that is just through uh practicing by by actually doing it and then these interviews that these 20 to 30 interviews that you got, like, um, obviously we already talked about your story and how, how, how that, that became a lot better. Um, what else, like, what else did you, uh, like on the interviewing side, when it comes to like behaviorals and technicals, like what did you find was like the most helpful in terms of like how we went about preparing for that stuff? Um, I think, uh, if I'm, I want to see the, the, the questionnaire. Um, cause it, like, I had the idea of like, I like, I'm going to pull these stories out, like, and I'm going to talk about these strengths and these weaknesses, but doing the questionnaire, like really like made me think like really deeply about not just my motivations, but like about, um, the different, like everything leading up to this point in doing investment banking. And 
And it was, I don't know, it just forced me to consider all the experiences I've had in like a way that I didn't necessarily have to consider them before. Right. And right. I, I think, I think that was definitely the most helpful. Um, I think like, although I can't, I can't remember any specific behavioral questions that I got asked like very commonly aside from um, like, tell me your story and like, why, why right. like our bank or like why investment banking. Um, right. I, I definitely think that the, the questionnaire was the best. Um, yep. Especially just, I think, cause we did the questionnaire before we did the story. Right. Right. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that was, that was sort of instrumental in like crafting my story like a little bit differently. Um, yep. Cause honestly, like I think like the majority of my interview success was predominantly due to my story and like if you saw them on that i think the interview is kind of yours to lose at that point like provided yep. you don't like mess anything up majorly yep 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 no that makes sense and just just so everyone who's listening has context by questionnaire what dylan's referring to is you know uh all of my clients that i work with we have them fill out a questionnaire uh with a bunch of questions on it which uh, is an exercise we go through to kind of help them um really you know, jot their memory on all the things that they've ever done. Right. And then that also helps me, um, get to know, uh, my clients better just cause you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, all your history, but I don't. Right. And then once I have that, um, I can then do a better job of helping you kind of, uh, extract the relevant pieces and, and kind of package them together in a way that's appealing, uh, or attractive to investment bankers. Right. So, so that was definitely, um, that's good to hear that you found that to be a helpful process. Um, so what would you, um, what would you say is like the biggest, um, like what's the biggest difference between like, say, you know, working with me versus maybe using some of the other resources that, that you have been using previously? Like, is, it, is there a difference or is it kind of just like, what would you say are, I don't know, like what's the biggest benefit of doing that, I guess? I, th I think uh, two things come to mind immediately when you say that. I think working with you um, is you have a plan and you're confident in your plan. Mm. Um, when you're when you're just sort of like randomly going through these like different interview prep guides and like you know trolling Wall Street Oasis for tips on this specific bank and you know like maybe maybe you take a look at your resume, maybe you don't, maybe you think it's fine before you submit it. Um, you're sort of doing things all over the place. You don't really have like a, like a strict program. Um, you don't have like a goal for like how many networking emails you're going to send to, like who you're going to send networking emails to. Um, like you don't have a goal for like, um, it's just like the logical progression of, of the program. And like by way of like logical progression, like the confidence that you gain, like that you, you understand that you're doing things in like a systematic manner. Yeah. Um, rather than just kind of like, like reaching all over the place. Like, you know, there, there, you, there's no point in prepping for interviews when you haven't gotten any interviews and you don't network with anybody and your resume looks horrible. You know what I mean? Like, right. and like, like it just, it, it makes sense. And the things that you do, that you're doing, like, you know, are right because you're, you're, you're learning it from someone who is in investment banking himself. And, um, that's it's just I mean granted like you know some of the advice on Wall Street Oasis is better than some of the other stuff but like it, at the end of the day like I don't know Wall Street Oasis is not not a terribly amazing source of advice and information um, right and I think it's it's so much better to have um to have someone who's like got your back and like like is like wants you to succeed and is giving you like honest advice and information rather than 
just like, you know, random users on the internet or some of your friends who are also going through the same process. Um, right. uh, I think that that's like this, the, the, the plan that you have and like the confidence in yourself and the confidence that you have in the plan, I think are the, the two like nine day differences. Right. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, recruiting, uh, how, how recruiting works behind the scenes is kind of a black box, right? And, and most, unfortunately, yeah. most investment bankers are so busy. They're working 80 to 100 hours a week already. They're not in the business of, you know, spending all their time helping you get the job. Um, so maybe they'll help you here and there on a one-off basis. Or maybe when they're bored, they'll go make a post on Wall Street Oasis. But um, there's, there isn't that consistent help throughout the entire process anytime you have a question that comes up that and, and someone you can just go to for that right so um that's kind of like what i try to provide for for you guys um and and hopefully you know what, what with my uh experience and and just know how in terms of what you need to do like like you said it's the point is to give you confidence and certainty in everything that you're doing so that you, you take all the guesswork out of it right um Okay, cool. So like any last words of advice for um, people who are still going through the process right now? Before we wrap um, up? Yeah, I, I, would, I would just say like, like don't give up. Um, like if you're going through it now, like whether, whether you're a second year or a third year, um, you know, there's, there's, if you're really dedicated to getting into investment banking, I mean, I was, I was literally submitting every single application I could on my, on my handshake portal. Even if you don't have a career portal, like I was, I was sending cold emails to the invest. I would just Google boutique investment bank in Chicago and I would just send emails to these guys. Um, and you know, like, like, like just the, the game of number, just play the game of numbers because, um, don't take it personally. Every time someone rejects you, like maybe it just like happens to be that, like they don't have the budget anymore or somebody just didn't see your email. Um, and it's always worth following up and just submit as many applications, send out as many emails as you can, because yeah. even if you don't like, um, like wind up getting your job from one of these things that you likely will, like it's just practice, you know, you're, you're just doing reps and like, as you do reps, like, um, you just get better and better at like what you're doing you get more confidence. And so that, by the time that you really get that, that big opportunity that you've been waiting for, you can step up to the plate and, you know, get that apart. Yep. Yep. No, that's great advice. Like, uh, the only people who end up winning in the end are the ones who have the persistence and, and the resilience to keep going right until, until, until they, they accomplish their goals. So, um, you know, and even for someone like you who started late, right. I know a lot of people when I talk to them, they feel like, Oh, I, I, I I'm starting late. I'm kind of behind the eight ball. And then, um, they feel like they don't have a chance even like from the get go. Um, that's absolutely, doesn't have to be the case, right? Like just cause you're behind, uh, doesn't mean you can't, you know, catch up if you know what you're doing. So, uh, I think, you know, you're a testament to that and, um, super happy for you that, that you got the outcome that you did and well-deserved obviously. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for, you know, again, taking the time to, to talk to everyone and, I know you're really busy with school and the part-time private equity internship that you're doing. So I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your experiences and advice um, with other students. For no problem. Uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Okay. Awesome, man. Um, so uh, that'll be it for this conversation, everyone. So um, thanks again, Dylan. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Okay. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye.